Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode, what are we on, 67 of the Game Sharks Podcast. five seconds ago. <laughs> Where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, the Inner Gamer Podcast. This past week, Andrew and I guested on the Inner Gamer, uh, a long-standing podcast. They've been going for several years. Based out of Texas, uh, Brett and Austin had us on to talk about the, the best side quest in video games. It was a blast. I had a real good time. Yeah, so great. Be, be sure to go check that out. I think their website is just theinnergamer.net. They have a right? website? Yeah. Hang on. I want to make sure I get this right. I should have looked it up beforehand. Yeah, theinnergamer.net. I was right. So go check out our episode of the Inner Gamer podcast there. And, and thank you, Brett and Austin, for having us on. And video games. Joining me this week is Adam. Hello. Derek. Hello. And Andrew. Howdy. Hello, gentlemen. Let's talk about some video games today. So we don't have any emails, which, you know, life goes on. Eventually, Dan Santos will reconnect to internet and uh, yeah. talk to us. <laughs> we'll uh, get our, like, uh, twice we'll a year an, update. An email from them regarding the last six weeks of the podcast. Uh, let's see. Our main topic for today, Andrew had a cool idea. So the next month of podcasts from us, our main topics are going to be <laughs> the the best, the ten top ten games from the eighties, nineties, naughties, and teens. Uh, Sorry, hang on, dial that back a sec. The naughties? Yeah, I've never heard the of that. Naughties? Yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Really? Oh, that's what uh, Adam Savage from the MythBusters. Yeah, yeah. He calls I, them the naughties. He said that's the technical have... term because not zero. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it makes. I just don't like hearing it. It doesn't sound right. I I hate that. Yeah. Do you want me to say? Mathematically, yes. As long as you don't say twenty tweens. (laughs) No. No, No, please no. Just yeah, just teens. All right. Do you want me to say the two thousands? That's yes. And we get the point. You can call whatever you want. The four decades of video games we're gonna go through, and it's gonna be an aggregate list. We're all gonna make our personal lists. We're gonna combine them together to get the definitive Game Sharks top ten games. And today we are doing the '80s. We have lists from five of the six Game Sharks. Adam abstained because he hasn't played enough games from the '80s, which like maybe three. Totally understandable. Not so make a top three. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Pac-Man, Tetris. Stop ruining the list. It's <laughs> uh, Adam's list. Was it the two? Doesn't have any bear. wasn't even wasn't even real. I, those are like the two games I can remember from the eighties. Uh, Adam, I guarantee you there are more. I know there are. All right. Anyway, continue, Jeff. Let's start with news. We're gonna get to that later on in the episode. With news, Andrew, tell me about World of Demons. You put this on on the Google Doc. <sighs> Fucking! I honestly almost forgot about it. I'm so sad. So, you guys know I love Okami. Um, oh, yeah. And so uh, last week, earlier this week. Uh, Platinum Games just dropped a trailer, a one-minute-long trailer for a game that basically looks like a crossover between the Demon Slayer anime and Okami. Like it has the exact same art style as Okami, the same thematic uh, aesthetic with like the kind of Oriental painting. Japanese myth mythos and yeah, the painting style. And you play as a dude with a sword, and it looked really fucking awesome. Get to the end of the trailer, coming to mobile. Oh. Yeah, it's an Apple Arcade so, exclusive, right? Yeah, Apple Arcade. So, dumb. so that means it'll However, be out in like a year. No, I think it comes out. It's already out. Oh, it's already out? Yeah, this, yeah. this game well, is I mean, out. like, it, it'll come out on regular things in about a year. Yeah. However, uh, since it came out, 
there have been some videos about the gameplay, and it's like one button. So it's a give, it's a give or take situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah I just, I just found it on the App Store. Yeah, it does look a lot like Okami. Yeah. I would have really liked if this was like a more fleshed out experience and the, almost the spiritual successor to that style of game. Because I know that the the creator of Okami wants to make Okami 3, but this would have been a nice palate cleanser. Um, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sampler? I don't know. It's no, just... I think we like... I mean, it might have cleansed your palate. I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> it's the trailer. I mean, what, what if there's it was like bad? A, there's like a particular term, but that's not the point. The point is, I'm sad, but also kind of not. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that all these like interesting concepts are coming to just Apple Arcade, including uh, Fantasian, the Final Fantasy. The oh, game. yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. There's nothing we can do about it except for wait for it to come to something else. Because, you know, it, I'm sure it will inevitably... At some point, we'll be able to play those games, not on an iPhone. Hopefully. Probably. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, James Bond, the the guys who made Hitman, 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 singular, one man who hits. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, IO Interactive. They've they've definitively sa- definitively said that the James Bond video game is going to be an original story, uh, and it's going to be drawing from. James Bond's entire franchise history uh, to make the game. So this is something we had talked about when they first announced the game. We weren't sure if it was going to be an adaptation of one of the more recent movies or an older movie. But IO said, uh, we are definitely making uh, a brand new story in the James Bond universe, which is cool. Cool. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the way to go with uh, games based off of movies sometimes. Because if you try to stick to a story, it's already written to kind of you know, sticks you in a corner, really. Like, you can't really... Like, you're stuck within the confines of the story. So, like, there might be something cool you wanted to, but there's no way to fit it into the structure of what that story was already doing. So, And then definitely... it, it maybe artificially limits the amount of gameplay mechanics that you can implement. Um, exactly. So it definitely makes a lot more sense to... Okay, we'll just do our own thing. That way there's no limits to what we can put in, because it's our rules. Yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so small bit of news, but really cool. I'm I'm very much looking forward to this game, especially after uh, how much everyone loved Hitman Three. I keep saying Hitman, Hitman Three. Pikmin, Pikmin, Hitman, Pikmin, Hitman. Derek, how's that <laughs> review coming? Uh, uh hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> Maybe you should ask Mirror Universe me. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Derek, you still play Apex regularly? I know you're probably the biggest Apex fan out of any of us here. Uh, I usually play like at the beginning of each season for a little bit. I haven't played much lately, though. Um... All right. Uh, did you see that season nine is going to be featuring a ton of Titanfall content? Yeah, right. That's that's what they're saying. So I I might have to. I, I'm waiting for the. I want the PS5 version to come out. Yeah, I, have they given any updates on when that's going to happen? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. the PS4 version runs just fine, but yeah, like, but yeah. imagine the PS5 version. Yeah, imagine it. It probably looks the same as the PS4 version. <laughs> probably. Uh, so obviously, uh, Apex and Titanfall made by the same developers, Respawn. Uh, Titanfall was uh like a darling game that not many people knew about. Titanfall Two. 
people said is even better one of the best first person shooter campaigns of all time uh so so like what do you think from titanfall we're going to be getting in apex and to what what level will it be like an interactable thing like okay the big question will you be able to pilot a titan i don't think you'll be able to pilot a titan okay i i think what it's going to be is well so i did see some leaks of a possible new character that would call that calls in a titan and it like roams and it like protects them uh that that would be busted seems like it would be pretty busted so i don't know how they would the thing with with the titans is i don't know how they would balance because i think unless they're introducing so in titanfall there's specific weapons that are titan killers basically they're for Mm. killing titans so unless they're introducing those into the game which i actually i mean i wouldn't doubt they are that would that would be how they would balance it like okay you know, instead of running a sniper and an assault rifle, you might now run an assault rifle and a Titan, you know, a Titan killing weapon. I don't remember what that, I think one of them was like a rocket launch, you know, yeah. four rocket rocket launcher or something. Cause in case you run into like a Titan or something, I mean, that's what people have been hoping for is that they introduce like Titans in some way. Um, I could see them maybe doing like a limited time mode where it's literally like, titanfall and the other thing i could see them doing is just literally putting titanfall multiplayer in apex Mm. because there's such a big player base for apex and i'm sure most of them haven't played titanfall and i'm sure a good chunk of them don't even know what titanfall is so this could be a good chance to get all of these apex players interested in titanfall and then boom release titanfall 3 we get right. an announcement later this year, and they're like, "Oh, Apex, but with giant mechs, I could play that." You know, it's like yeah, this could be right. this could be genius. I that's what everyone's hope. That's what like the the Titanfall community like. They're just hoping that this is the beginning of the marketing campaign for Titanfall three or something. Uh, that would, that would be awesome because yeah, that that would be. I I really really I liked Titanfall. Like I played it really really late in the end of its career so it was st- like servers weren't super populated but i was able to actually like play the whole campaign that there was but titanfall 2 was really really good um i didn't do too much multiplayer in titanfall 2 just because i i was playing on pc and i just was not as good as other people with like the movement mechanics and that's it's a super movement heavy game Hmm. which that's what a lot of people miss is like it was very different than uh like you know it was very different than call of duty it was something different and that's what people i think the fans want they want something different so yeah with the so if titanfall 3 to release this year it could be it could destroy call of duty you think so I so the, already Call of Duty is on like thin ice with like there's a bunch of terrible shit going on in Warzone. People hate Cold War, uh, and apparently there's been a lot of like leaks around the new Call of Duty, and apparent it's just like a mess. Like it's just as bad. Like things are going just as bad as if is, um, if not worse than Cold War's development 
Uh-oh. And so, like, if if Titanfall three were to come out this fall, and this shitty poopy Call of Duty were to come out, it could like it would destroy the franchise. Like, it might Ouch. force Activision to like skip a year. That would be crazy. Which would be insane. What yeah. is they so. haven't skipped a year since COD four, right? The since, original Modern Warfare. Yeah, or it's either COD four or World at War. I can't remember when World at War came out, but that was after World at War. It might every been, single one yeah. was yearly. It might have been two years between original Modern Warfare and World at War. Um, yeah, this is cool. I'm excited to see what they end up doing. <laughs> I haven't played since they put who's the the dude. Uh, God, I don't even know his name. He's got like the white coat with the green on it. Oh, um, what's his name? Site, <laughs> not cyber. Uh, crypto. Yeah, he was the last person who came out. So I don't know. I know of Loba. Is that her name? Yeah. I don't Loba. know who this dude with the mustache is. I have no clue. I've never seen him before. Um. Anyways, if you end up getting back into Titanfall, let me know because I might pick it back up. Because I, Titanfall was my favorite of all the battle royales. I you felt, mean Apex? <laughs> did I say Titanfall? Yeah, Apex <laughs> is my favorite of all the battle royales. I felt like it, it played, the smoothest, and I liked what it was doing. Yeah. Um, more so than any of the other other games, and I liked it. It wasn't, like the it wasn't super spots. gimmicky. Yeah, no, it was like super streamlined and had a lot of great ideas. Yeah, um, the character abilities felt more natural. You know, nothing game breaking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you end up getting back into it when this all happens, definitely let yeah. me know. I'll play on I'll... any platform because it's free. Also, this is a pretty wild fact, but uh, and it's it's a pretty interesting fact. Call of Duty has been a yearly franchise since inception. No shit. Yeah, wow. if you count the the expansion pack to the first Call of Duty, there has been a new Call of Duty every single year since, since... 2003. Damn. Wow. Stop. <laughs> Take a break, <laughs> well, guys. You clearly need it. I mean, it's almost been 20 years. Well, they have three studios now. That's yeah. true. They cycled through them. I just read that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War has been the best-selling game in the U.S. every month since its launch. Yeah, as usual. So, <laughs> they have no reason to stop. Yeah. I guess not. Uh, Why would you at that point? Um, let's keep, uh, let's keep talking about... I don't, it doesn't... It relates to something I want to say later, but let's, let's move on to the story about uh, MLB The Show. I don't Ooh. think any of us here are baseball fans in any fashion. Not, not particularly. Um, but MLB The Show, the baseball game. It's like the only baseball game out there. Uh, traditionally a PlayStation exclusive. Um, backyard baseball. The only current <laughs> yearly baseball game. Uh, traditionally PlayStation exclusives. We, we knew recently that it was coming to Xbox for the first time. That was a pretty big deal. Uh, MLB themselves, I think, are publishing it on Xbox. However, we just got some really insane news that it's coming to Game Pass uh, on launch day. That's pretty So nice. this yeah, Sony, ex- formerly Sony exclusive game developed by Sony with the fucking Sony logo on the box and when you boot up the game... Is coming to Game Pass day and day. <laughs> Dude, it's like Xbox is fucking sprinting ahead of Sony at this point, I feel. Like, they've, they've had no responses lately. 
to like all this awesome stuff Sony's doing. I man, just wait till that Resident Evil game comes out. But isn't that is multi-platform? It? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I don't think it's yeah, PlayStation. Point is, the Sony point is, Sony is you're gonna play it, it on your PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, Sony is singularly relying on its exclusives. I I feel like they've got something up their sleeve. You think so? Well, I don't. Know. Uh, I don't think we'll see it for till next year, though. We we definitely won't see it in I don't know the second week of June, for example. Yeah, we definitely won't see it then. <laughs> yeah, uh, did, I'm trying to see did, what platform is going to keep going. Did you watch the trailer, like the Xbox trailer for? MLB, MLB the show? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's pretty great. It, it, it like boots up. It's the Xbox logo, and, and then, then the PlayStation Studios, the PlayStation yeah. Studios logo. That's so it's like weird. The most uh, yeah, it, it's coming to Xbox. Hysterical. Well, Resident Evil is also coming to Xbox yeah. and Stadia. Ha. Uh, <laughs> Google Stadia. There's our unopened Google Stadia. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> shall remain. So like, Microsoft's doing shit. Xbox is getting insane and awesome, and it just feels like every week we're talking about a new cool thing that Xbox is doing. And when was the last time we talked about something cool that PlayStation was doing? When the PS5 released? Is that the last interesting yeah. thing they did was release the console? They announced yeah, PSVR 2. I guess. It's true, yeah. yeah. Is that... They technically did do that. I think MLB The Show coming to Game Pass is a more interesting thing than PSVR 2. And that's, I think that's the one, like, I think the one thing Microsoft is doing right, right now is they're dominating the news cycle. Every, every week there's some kind of news of this is coming to Game Pass day one, or, or there's some rumor that something is coming to Game Pass or, Mm. uh, like, or they're talking about buying discord. Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're kind of dominating the, the news cycle when there's just all but silence from, from Sony and Nintendo. So they're they're definitely doing. I don't. We'll have to see how that affects this like console generation. Like, is Microsoft gonna get a kind of like leap ahead uh, early on because of all this, or like, or is the shortage of consoles really just preventing anybody from really getting what they want? You know, I don't like. Yeah, I mean, at this point all series x's and ps5s are selling out the second they're available i think you can get your hands on a series s at this point but so like we won't know metrics for a while because they're all selling both of them are selling all of the things they make right um so i'm curious to see which one we'll see on store shelves first like which one will there be finally less of a demand for yeah Yeah. um that's the thing is i don't think i don't think either for a while yeah I, I'm really interested for like our our one year in conversation because mm. one year in, I'm like I think or not one year four four months in, I think I'm pretty even on the amount of time I spent with my Xbox and with my PlayStation. I think I'm even solely because, uh, yeah, it's like I'm even not because I'm choosing to split my time that way. I'm even because the games that. I like there are games I can only play on the PlayStation and right, then everything yeah. else I'm playing on my Xbox by choice. So, um, are we allowed to make updates to our bold predictions from earlier? Cause I have a new no. bold prediction. I mean, oh, I mean you can a new bold position prediction. You can, uh, I mean, I guess we'd have to change the whole bingo thing though. 
<laughs> uh, it doesn't have to go on the bingo card. I just want. Can you just add it to my list of bold predictions? Okay, I'm curious. I don't think I'm keeping track of them outside of the bingo card. Oh man. Anyways, my new bold prediction: this year's Call of Duty will be on Game Pass. Day one. Day one. Day and date. So okay. well, rumors okay. are that Battlefield Six is going to be day and date on Game Pass. Interesting. The other thing I yeah, could see is it's like a Titanfall three. Yeah. And like, yeah. if you get the most famous first person shooter of all time, plus all of these sports games, there is like, I don't know, a tenth of Xbox or like video game console owners just play those things. They play mm-hmm. FIFA, they play the show, they play Madden, and they play Call of Duty, and that's it. Yeah, so that's if you could buy one box. And uh, and pay a subscription like a Netflix to get all of those every year. You just get the new one, dude. Home run. That's yeah. I mean, they're already there with all Top the sports goal. games. <laughs> can you can you get the EA EA Play on PlayStation? I don't think so. That's that's what EA's like subscription service is, and mm. it's just like just happens to be bundled in with Game Pass. Yeah. No, yeah, you can you can get it on PlayStation. Oh, so it's it, it's not like uh, but, but you have to pay for it separately. Yeah, it's right. It's its own thing. You you pay through through EA. I believe, I believe you can't. It's not like bundled with PSN or anything like that. But the big difference is is most of the time, unless you have like the ultimate version or not even. I think most of the time, the games don't come until like after after release whereas game pass it seems that they're lining up that they're going to be these day one these mm. day one things which is it's, it's becoming like a new marketability aspect like oh this will be on game pass the day it comes out yeah it's like Man. a new thing you can add to the list of things yeah. you're gonna be able to do in the game it feels so good to be an xbox fan in 2021 <laughs> it feels so good uh meanwhile sony. <laughs> meanwhile sony it's like all right uh i guess that leads us into our next news the the next big sony uh exclusive that we were all excited about got delayed it's getting yeah. pushed from it's supposed to be this month or no it was gonna be may uh may, yeah. so it's going from may to september death loop i didn't say the name of the game death loop got pushed yeah, it was to september. i uh, mean it's one of the... which this is a little weird to me considering the last two times we've seen this game, they showed us almost the like same exact stuff. So I imagine it's got to be like small bug things and like being like, oh, there's this weird interaction where if you do this during the loop and like kill this guy while this other person's staring at you, like I'm sure because it's like a one big world and like things are running on a schedule that you can interrupt, that there are probably some like really weird bugs. And just like an infinite amount of scenarios that you can come up with, uh, that they're still sorting through. That'd be my guess as to why it got delayed. Yeah, what yeah. I could I could see that coming Four from months. a coming from the little I know about coding. Yeah, the more moving bits you have, the more opportunities you do have for something like that, exactly like that to happen. Just like, huh? Who would have known if you do these exact things in this specific order at this specific timing that the entire thing breaks? You know? Yeah. Um, Which is like it's like the sad part about like the more complicated we make games, yeah, the better they are. But then, the longer they take to make because of this exact thing. They do have an official statement. I'll, I'll just read that real quick. 
We've made the decision to delay the launch of Deathloop to September 14th, 2021. We're committed to quality and preserving our team's ambitions for Deathloop while ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane. We'll be using this extra time to accomplish our goal, create a fun, stylish, and mind-bending player experience. We apologize for the extended wait and thank you all for your passion and excitement. It is to fuel that it is the fuel that powers our creativity and our hard work. We can't wait to show you more Deathloop soon. Um, they didn't really say anything here. They're just basically like, we don't want to overwork our people, which, again, we don't have to keep saying this, but yes, make that a thing. Don't overwork your your people. I'm not upset that Deathloop got delayed. Um, if anything, I'm relieved. Yeah, right. It frees up, up that. Freeze up May. A little, a little bit, bit more, more. that time. <laughs> yeah, um, very true. So, yeah, I imagine this is just polish, making it all work nicely. Um, do you think it's going to get delayed again out of this no. year? No, you think this is it? Because I mean, it's been delayed like three September. times, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like if you, if you want to count, I don't know if it, it feels like if if the first delay was like a legit delay and they're like the rest of these delays are just kind of COVID delays, like we are not getting work done as fast as we thought we could with like remote work like that's kind of how it is like i don't i don't think every delay we see this year is going to be like the worrying like ooh why are they delaying it another 6 months like what's going wrong it's i think it's just more of a like yeah logistically like things aren't the marketing team thought that or the not the mark you know upper management thought hey with you know things seem to be going well maybe we can fit this date and now they're going, yeah, no, we're not going to be able to fit that date. Like, remote working is still slowing us down. I mean, I, I feel like, the one, especially in a video game environment, the one downside of, of remote working is if, if you're a QA tester and, and you encounter a bug, you can't walk over to the dev and say, hey, come check this out. You have to, pro there's probably, I mean, record your gameplay. Like, you know, it's it's a lot easier when you can just walk over to the guy you know that did that built this thing and say, "Hey, let me show you this bug I just found, and I can recreate it for you on the spot." Instead of, I'm sure it's very complicated, especially when I think QA testers sometimes are at least in the video game industry are on on a contract basis. So mm, that makes sense when when they're not in that you know when they're not coming into the office to do this stuff, it it definitely makes it more complicated. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, so yeah, we won't be getting Deathloop for another four months, but that's okay. Leaves room for us to play Resident Evil and uh, what was the other game? Mass Effect. Mass Effect Collection Mass comes Effect. out. <laughs> and then, you know, Final Fantasy VII Integrate comes out in June. Yeah. Very uh, true. There goes Bio a month of my life. Biomutant. That's right. I'm waiting to hear how, what you guys think. <laughs> I don't think that'll Ad I think that Adam's the guinea delayed. pig. You think it'll get yeah. delayed, Derek? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we'll see. Uh, I I'll have be, Deathloop. I'll be playing so it. Great. I have Deathloop on my fantasy critic team, so I'm hoping it doesn't get delayed anymore. Also, Andrew, you still haven't gotten <laughs> any Speaking of for... fantasy critic, I have a public complaint that nobody has reviewed The Binding of Isaac Repentance yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do about that. Me yeah. neither. I, and I, I was wondering, one of the things I thought I was thinking was like, does that count as a new release? Technically, it's an expansion, right? It's in the It's in the thing. I know it's in the thing, but there's like yeah, a lot of things there's... in the thing. Yeah, but if you um... click on them, it'll say like, "Oh, this isn't eligible." Yeah, I just I, I think you might have picked a game that's a little too small to get like big reviews. Yeah, like I didn't see anything. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be big reviews. It. It's just there's no reviews on Open Critic at all. all right. So yeah. if you write a review, Andrew, give it give a it 10. hundred. 
<laughs> and then post it to Open Critic. <laughs> Cheating the system. There are no. I, that's that's for audience reviews. This has to be uh, critic, critic reviews. reviews. Yeah, I don't see. I don't. I don't know. know, I, don't how know certified as a I don't know how to be a critic on on Open Critic. I'll send them the three reviews I've written. Yeah, right. I feel like that's enough. You've written three reviews. I have several reviews on the the GG app. Every game I play this year, I re- I write a small review on that app. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to figure out what we want to do with this. Also, you might I might be able to override it to remove it for free or something. There might be a way for me to do that. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and if possible, as a replacement. Give you a replacement for since free? I, since I auction, I didn't buy that game. I I drafted it. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any fans of Tetris 99 out there? How about, tried it yet. How about Pac-Man 99? <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, so Nintendo announced yesterday, two days ago, a super surprise announcement. We're getting Pac-Man 99. Uh, I think it comes free with the Nintendo Switch online. Editing, we've gotten. It is out. Oh, is it out? Yeah, yeah it, came out, out, it came out same day. Or no, today. Uh, goes yeah, really? live. It went live yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. This is kind of cool. It's great. Yeah, are you guys gonna give it a shot? I, I might try. Uh, no. I'll give it a try. No. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, perfect. I have to bring my Switch home and then download it and then mm. like actually physically play it, which I probably won't do if I have to go through all the hassle. Yeah. Um, I mean, fair. I've never personally been the biggest Pac-Man fan, uh, so I probably won't end up picking this up. But like, there are plenty of people who love Pac-Man. Yeah, it's an awful idea. I mean, kind of gets kinda, it makes me think what other games can get the ninety-nine treatment. Yeah. Wario where? Uh, Legend of Zelda, yeah. like a dungeon. Yeah, thing. the original Zelda. I think it could work. It could work the exact probably. same way. Yeah, I where that will be as good. you defeat enemies, you send enemies to other people's screens. You know. Yeah. It's like you, could even, you could even set it so that you're in like a select dungeon or something. Yeah, or maybe it's just first person to beat Zelda fucking wins. You know. <laughs> uh, all, so, yeah. all nine dungeons. <laughs> It's cool to see that this is like a format that Nintendo is sticking with and that we might see more games in the 99 series. Maybe the um, original Donkey Kong. Pokemon Puzzle League 99. You get there you go. I would, I would play Pond. I would, that, that's the one that I would play all the time. My brother plays Tetris 99 all the time. Pokemon or Tetris Attack 99, I would play all of the time. That would fucking be my jam. Whoo. Uh, so, yeah. Pac-Man 99 is out. If you're a fan of Pac-Man, definitely go check that out. Uh, all right. Lastly, we got some news about E3. It's actually happening this year. There's going to be an all-digital E3. Uh, apparently, there were talks about potentially selling digital tickets to be able to view it. Um, that's yeah. that's not a thing. Don't worry. It's all free yeah. to view. I got, I got shot down pretty quickly by them, I think. Yeah. Uh, so here's a whole list of all the or a bunch of companies that are on board are going to be doing stuff for E3. We got Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Bros., and Coach, Coke, Coke. I think it's pronounced Coke. K-O-C-H. Coke Media. Um, I believe it's Cock. Cock Media? I'm pretty right. sure it's Cock. Are you, are you, are you making a joke right now? No, I'm pretty sure it's Cock. <laughs> Title of your sex tape. I'm going to... I'm going to clip that and do something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's cock. <laughs> Gif it immediately. Uh, so, so think or companies that are absent as of now, Sony, we 
we know Sony hasn't been doing anything with E3 for a while. Not expecting yeah. anything from them. EA, Activision, Blizzard, Sega, Bandai Namco, Square Enix. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these people end up joining in at some point. But at the same time, last year not having an E3 proved that you don't need it to make announcements. You can kind yeah, of do it on just, your own time. They can just do their own thing at the same time. So, like, like. I'm... As a whole, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, Derek, you same the share the same sentiment as I do. Is like E3 was like a fucking second Christmas for me as a kid. Yeah, like those couple of days where they were doing all of the announcements uh, was it was so huge and like it was always a big part of my life. And it's so fun to just like boom 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 and like get all these announcements of really cool things. Um, so it's exciting to see it come back in some fashion. I think Jeff Keighley's still doing his Summer of Games thing. Um, so there's going to be like a couple. And I think his is a week or two after. This is going to be between yeah. June 12th and 15th for E3. Uh, it'll be cool as, for us as a podcast to talk about <laughs> E3 and cover what's going on. Because we didn't get that option last year. Which uh, bummed me out a bit. But, yeah. you know. It, it'll be exciting to do a, a, a post the Thursday of E3 episode. Yeah, yeah. Like we I'm, get to do that. I'm sure that'll be the whole episode. We won't talk yeah, about what we've been playing probably. or have a topic. It'll just be talking about everything that happened in E3. That'll be super. And fun. so we're gonna have to do it again, where we have our prediction episode first, and then see how close we got. Yeah, I love prediction episodes. So uh, definitely, we're doing that at some point. When, when E3 June. This year's gonna be really weird though, because there's a number of notable, you know, industry giants that are absent. Yeah. So we have a, we have a category for what non E3 announcement did Sony give, like. Coincidentally, at the same time, yeah, but not technically. Right. That's the thing. You know, PSVR two again. Most of these companies that aren't going to be directly affiliated with E three will do something either through Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games or just making their own announcement. Like, I feel like as if you have something to announce, it's dumb not to be a part of all this crazy commotion, you know? Because like everything gets extra hyped just from being announced during this time frame. Uh, at least that's how yeah. it always felt. Um, so, yeah, we don't know a ton about what's happening, but basically there will be some form of E3. A bunch of companies are already on board. So, And then next year, they are going to have an E3 in person, they said, which uh, Sweet. it's interesting because we were predicting maybe last year was just, that's it. E3's done. We'll never see E3 again. <laughs> but they, they decided to come back this year with an all-digital event. And then, yeah, next year, they're planning on going back to... Uh, I mean, seeing, seeing Nintendo and Xbox um, on board for this digital event makes me think that uh, they did their homework over the past year and said, hey, we want you back at our event. We want to like, you know, it, like I'm sure Nintendo will have the direct or whatever that's separate from it, but they'll probably still do their, you know, treehouse at E3, whatever the fuck it is. And either demo some more select titles whatever i'm sure we'll see some like skyward sword gameplay whatever i mean they um, announced stuff during the treehouse too yeah right. like uh uh the the metroid 2 remake got announced during the treehouse yeah, so, tree so I, that's i'm glad to see those name if, if it was just like ubisoft and like warner brother i'd be a little worried yeah because it's like just these third-party publishers involved well, but, the fact but that they, you got two like, of the big three so right right uh and you know Xbox is hungry to announce big things for sure. Mm -hmm. We're gonna oh, see, definitely. We're gonna see big things yeah. from Xbox at E3, and I, I, I would be surprised if we didn't get Nintendo's like E3 Direct 
on the the Tuesday morning like they usually do. D- yeah, yeah. Like, or it's it's usually afternoon for us. It's nine a.m. California Pacific. time, so it's noon yeah. for us. Um, I, I it'll be there. I'm I'm convinced. Yeah. Why would I, they put their name on this if they're not going to show it as part of their presentation? Right. I guess Xbox it, is going to be huge too. Yeah. Because they have Bethesda now. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Normally Bethesda has their own like conference. Yeah, that, yeah. that's exciting. Uh, also, yeah. Konami is on this list. Right. Yeah. yeah. What are right. they doing? It's got to be something yeah. interesting. This is going to be a fun year. I'm now very much looking forward to our prediction episode. Yeah, I think it'll be really good. Oh boy. Uh, all right, that is all we have for news. Wait, well, uh, you skipped my, thing. my Oh, Kojima that's because you didn't have a link there. Uh, yeah, I was wondering who put that there. What? There's, oh, what? Oh, uh, it, yeah. No, there's no link there. Of, it must not have saved when I, when I linked it. Well, all right. Tell me about Kojima. So there, th- uh, this trailer came out for this game for PS5 called Abandoned. Yeah, oh, yep, I saw this. It's like a first-person horror game, and the rumor mill started turning, and people were That's speculating that this was Kojima's next game, and that like the studio and everything were like false flags, uh, because no one could find any information about the the like the president of the company. Or, and the company, like the game developer itself, the guy who developed the game or was like the head developer or whatever had the same initials as Hideo Kojima. So people were going wild. And then like the the company, it's, it's like Blue, Blue, B, BB, it was like BB Games or something. So people were thinking, oh, BB, the BBs from, from Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they came out and like made a statement and said, no, we have nothing to do. And then um, there was an article that came out that I saw uh, that I sh- meant to link, but it basically was like, yeah, confirming, like, no, this is just an unaffiliated game, but apparently Kojima is in talks with Xbox for a exclusive exclusive game. And, uh, th- like, they're currently happening as we speak kind of thing. Wow. Uh, like, the latest, the latest update from, I think it was Jeff Grubb, uh who wrote the article or whatever um his latest update was that like the lawyers were physically meeting to sign the deal and everything so Jesus. yeah so I, there's been a lot of rumors lately around kojima because like they he said that there's something in the works um and it sounds like i think he already technically has something planned with playstation and it sounds like he's now planning something with xbox as well so i don't know we'll probably get more news cool. at e3 at least for one of them oh i'm sure uh, uh, hot off the presses, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete 4K Remastered. Let's go. 26 new minutes of additional footage coming out June 8th, just in time for Intergrade. You want to get together and watch this when it comes out? Yeah. And I'll explain <laughs> yeah. everything that's happening and why it's so dumb and insane. Yes. Sweet. Uh, but also necessary. So necessary. Um, Could you imagine if the 26 minutes of new footage are like modernly relevant, right? To oh. like remake. Yo, it would do something dumb like that. That would that would be crazy. Oh, we have to watch this. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about what we've been playing lately. Anyone playing anything new or interesting that they want to talk about? Andrew, go Me. for it. I did the thing I said I was going to do, and I am almost done replaying Resident Evil Seven. Nice. Ah, what do you think about it this time around? Uh, well, I didn't dislike it the first time, and I still don't right. dislike it. It's really good. I just fooled myself 
and so I've talked about this trend before on the on the show, but with like it's the kind of the same thing that happened to me with Dark Souls, where like this time I just went back in and like not even like effortlessly like breezed through, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like it was like I just understood everything. I knew exactly where to go. But it's it's like I feel like sometimes with certain games like Dark Souls, like Resident Evil Seven, the first time I played it, uh, I was approaching it with such with almost too much care, and I was trying to be as thorough as possible, but in a way, like clouding myself from actually like seeing what was in front of me. Like I was I was trying to to be too careful, mm-hmm. um, and like search every every corner. And everything, and for whatever reason, the like way to progress was just lost on me. Um, but this time, I just I'm just like breezing right through, you know. It's it's like second nature. Uh, I'm I'm almost done at this point. I'm on the boat. Um, but it's, what do it's, you think of the boat part so far? I don't think it needed to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's, it's definitely the weakest section of the yeah, game. It's like from what I remember looking uh looking it up along like months and months ago i remember it being shorter than it is but yeah it is, it's pretty long it's i just like like I, I just played through like a half hour long flashback and that was pretty weird yeah um, yeah i just like i feel like the game should have ended by now hmm. uh but so are you are you playing as what's your face right now yeah okay yeah, still, I uh, I I think I'm almost done because I just did her flashback. Yeah, yeah, oh, so, yeah. That's right. You have to do the whole flashback first. Yes, and then yeah, uh, yeah. That part's a little, uh, definitely the weakest part of the game. Yeah, but it definitely succeeds in the in being a horror game. Like it mm-hmm. does, it does a lot of like horror tropes, but it's well done because it's in first person. Um, it, it like nothing is is like like scared me scared me i've gotten jump scared maybe once or twice um by like those like clouds of bugs that fly at you sometimes um but it's still it's a great time it's it feels like a resident evil game uh it's just a little different ethan sucks um (laughs) it does suck i still don't understand how he got his hand chopped off and then they just kind of sewed it back on it's it's part of the 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 game, Jeff. <laughs> Do they explain, or is it just like I have yeah. to suspend my disbelief? No, they they explain how all that shit works. Okay, I don't remember. Kinda, kinda. Yeah, yeah kinda there's a lot. There's the a best, lot of uh, like, there's a lot of uh of instances in this game where you are, where you have to learn by reading and by searching around and and finding little notes. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like in Resident Evil Four how there will be little like plot nuggets hidden around after you save after save points there's like yeah. a journal from the little from notes the, from the enemy um but in this it's it's literally like the solution to puzzles is is on a piece of paper somewhere you know like there's a piece of paper next to next to a thing and it says like do this it's not it's not as direct as that it's usually a little more cryptic but you know it's it's pretty standard game design maybe so you get the do idea. this well, like, there's, one, for you. there's one Maybe there's one it. puzzle where there's a clock on the table and it the piece of paper just says the same as all the other clocks and i was like i haven't looked at a single clock in this game 
uh, and so then I'm like, I have Whoops. to go find a clock. So it's just like, and then as soon as you see one, it's like, okay, well, that's the answer. Um, hmm. Did you but, do the videotape before the like torture room? Yeah. Okay. I apparently it's easy to like miss that and you just get like stuck. But I I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. A cool, it's definitely uh, it's definitely the videotapes are cool too because they allow you to to like learn while also without like there being a real consequence kind of. Yeah, it's like it's showing you the the solution ahead of time, but also like like uh covering some plot stuff yeah yeah um so it's it's just a cool game nice anything else oh god yeah um i've been playing a lot of binding of isaac <laughs> mm, enjoying that yeah i'd started over i started a new file so it's a little slow going at first because i don't have a lot unlocked um but i i play a couple runs every day uh best roguelike ever made Anyways, uh, you playing anything else besides that, those two things? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> Adam, what about you? Uh, I've had a pretty boring week. Nothing yep. new on my end. Just the same old, same old. All right. Uh, I've done a couple interesting things this past week. I Ooh. I've beaten Bravely Default two. Ooh. Ooh, nice! I rolled credits on it three times. Oh boy! Three. So okay. It does something weird at the end of the game, and I don't know how I quite feel about it. I think I'm leaning towards not liking what it did. So I knew there were seven chapters in the game. Yeah. And I got to the seven? I got to the end of oh, chapter no. five and credits rolled. And like you beat what is presumably the big bad monster. And credits roll. I'm like, oh, cool. And then like it plays a cutscene. And it's like, it's weird and abrupt. And that's the end of it. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And like, then you do the thing where like you save the game after the credits roll and you can go back in. And so you do that and you go back in and it starts chapter six. And then you, you like see what happened when you beat it at the end of chapter five. So you know how uh, Elvis's book is like telling you like memories and stuff. Yeah, it can yeah. also tell you the future at some points. So they see what happened and it's basically like a bad ending. And they're like, Oh, we have to not do that. So then they do something else and go fight the big bad in a different way. And then something like it's another not good. end. it's like another bad ending. And then you could do the same thing. You made a, make a save file after the credits roll. Then you go back a third time and they, they're aware of what happened. And they're like, oh, we can't have that happen. And then they go and beat it a third time. And then it's like the good ending. It was weird. Oh, that's interesting and kind of cool. But I there, feel like there's nothing that prompts you to say like, Hey, go back in. This isn't over. So I'm sure there are people out there who get to the end of chapter five, roll the credits, see that ending be like, well, that fucking sucked. And then that's, they're done with it. Cause they don't but, know that there's more. <laughs> that's kind of a cool, I don't know. Like from the, like the, I feel like, uh, forever we've had the, the good, bad, the good, bad neutral ending in video games. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the 
good ending or the bad ending isn't a choice in the game, but the fact that maybe you just stopped playing it is kind of like a interesting out there idea. Like you chose to keep playing, and so <laughs> eventually you got like that good ending. Like yeah, it's kind of like, like Symphony of the Night and what happened to Adam. Yeah, yeah. right. Like Adam, you like you beat it and you were like, oh, I guess okay, it's over. that's the game. Yeah. yeah. See, I think that I think the difference with something like that is is that you know Metroidvanias are all about the exploration and and in some of them largely the boss fights um, and, and even the more minor fights throughout the game. Uh, so fighting Richter and then having the game end, I feel, is a more natural progression of that arc. And then when you find out there's more, you're like, oh, that's really cool. But a JRPG is its story in a lot of ways. So, like like you said, Jeff, find, getting playing through a big RPG, JRPG and then getting a bad ending and, like, and, and there's not like, knowing you have that there's to do more. That. Yeah, like, there's yeah, no option that, to have the good ending. I think that would feel way worse than uh, the Symphony of the Night example. But does the, does the ending make sense in the context of the game? So, like, you beat the bad guy... But it feels super abrupt and weird. I don't want to spoil yeah. it, obviously. Right. But okay. it just like feels out of place. You're like, oh, that came out of nowhere, and oh, okay, oh, it's there over. were hints that that could be the consequence, kind of thing. Yeah. No. Nothing. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like if you same did, thing right. with the second time. It's just yeah. like it's like you fight the bad guy, and it's like, oh no, this thing went wrong. Here's the credits. So yeah. You have to watch the credits three times. Yeah, I think that that's fine if the credits don't roll. It was yeah. It's like I feel like they didn't need to fake you out. Like just yeah. get rid of the credits and like just make that. Like don't pretend that the game is over. Just like have, like show like oh no like we can't have that and like make it part of the story. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, we, we can't so, have this thing happen. That, we have to change how it. Ha make it so that you have you can do any of the three like choices and like naturally. And so that you can get the good ending on your first try if you do the correct actions. You know, that's why good, bad endings are so such a compelling narrative device in games is that it's based on the player actions, something you can only do in video games. The Ludo narrative is, is super important in a lot of games. Uh, so if you're removing the choice from that and, and just forcing you to experience it in, in that set order. All right, let me set the stage for you. Okay. Let me set the stage for you. It's it's 1999. Uh huh. You just played Bravely Default on your Nintendo 64. Okay. You or two Bravely Default two. Okay. You just finished the game. The game ends. You're like, ah, oh, okay, that wasn't really a great ending. Whatever. You you go on. You put in Super Smash Brothers and you play. You whatever. Your friend comes over next week, and he's talking to you, and he's like, oh, did you finally beat? bravely default and he's like and you're like yeah and he's like oh did you get to the next ending and you're like what that's i feel like that's like what this is trying to hone in on is the like wait i like there's more to this i that... think it could work i just think maybe they didn't execute it well. I, it sounds like they didn't execute it perfectly but I, I still love i really like that concept hmm. i i like the concept of thinking you've beaten a game and going on to the internet forums, whatever, and seeing there was more, and that it wasn't locked behind a choice you made in the game. Like, 
I can still get the good ending, but I have to go back and play the game more yeah. instead of I have to play the game over again. You see, that's kind of like where I'm coming from with with this. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Like, I think that's a cool. That was a kind of a cool concept. Uh, yeah, I'm interesting yeah. to get to it. I'm glad I, I know about say, it now. I guess if in three years you beat this game yeah. and want to talk about it, I would love to talk to you more hey, in depth about I, it. <laughs> I've been I've been moving forward. I've been um, moving forward. So. I feel like I really enjoyed the game. I want to start working on my review. I hope I I hope to have it done by next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot for me to do still. Uh, there's a job that I still needed to get, and uh, like there's a lot of. Once you get to chapter seven, you can refight all the previous bosses and unlock three more levels for each job. So I could have gone through and done all that. I tried one of them and it was four of the bosses earlier in the game that you usually fight just one of them at a time. Uh, I had to fight four of them at once and they were stronger and I died and I was like, Oh, and like I could have maxed out more jobs and whatnot. Uh, and I would have loved to have done all of that. However, I have too much else I want to do. So I can't commit myself to doing all this extra stuff, but if I was playing this game in 1999 on my N64, I would absolutely go back and do all this stuff, and it would be awesome. But I just, yeah. I feel like I don't have the time to commit to doing all of that. Um, but yeah, I it think was, it would work. Uh, but kind of retreading on my my point, I think it would work way better if it was like, oh, did you find this secret area instead of did you finish the story? Yeah. True. It, it's like the only thing that tells you is if you hover over the save file you make. It's like, oh go talk to this person yeah yeah, exactly okay weird yeah it is it's it was a weird choice it felt it felt abrupt and i think that's why i don't feel so great about it because it felt really random uh and not streamlined and well done i don't know uh but as a whole i really enjoyed bravely default 2 i thought it was a a really fun jrpg with some like the best job system in any in any JRPG ever. So, uh, the other game that I played this past week for the first time, Derek Tikon and I all played yeah. Outriders. Oh yeah. How is it? Oh yeah. Uh, is, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. We only played for a couple hours. It turns out, uh, you had to get to the tutorial, which is like 40 minutes before yeah. you can play together. Um, so I did that and then we ended up hopping in, uh, a match with the three of us and playing through a couple of the missions and yeah i was having once i like shut off my brain and was just playing like playing the game is really fun the story is real dumb and (laughs) irrelevant and like uh i was watching the cutscenes, and then t-con who started the the tutorial like 15 minutes after me caught up because he was just skipping all the cutscenes, and Derek's like just skip all the cutscenes. no one gives a shit about any of this so then i was like okay i guess so i started skipping all the cutscenes, and like once you just started a mission and got into it and like watching Derek set up turrets because he's playing the techromancer technomancer and watching t-con light shit on fire because he's the pyromancer was really cool and then i'm playing the trickster and i would i would teleport in behind people and then use this like sphere that like puts everything around me in slow motion and then like i have this like aoe slice move and i was having a fucking blast playing as the the trickster uh that's some of the most fun i've had first person shooting in a long time um and it just feels like a really satisfying loop of do mission with friends kill guys fight boss 
pick up loot, get a little bit stronger, go on and do it again. Yeah. It, I feel like uh, this game captures what it's trying to do extremely, extremely well from uh, like a gameplay standpoint. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The story is dumb. Like, I, I don't know if it's dumb. I'm not really paying attention to it. I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, uh, I've heard just from the, anyone the that is paying attention to it says it's like not good and it's really pointless and dumb. Right. And, but that's not why I'm playing this game. I'm not playing this game for a story-driven shooter. I, I'm just playing this game to literally just kill things <laughs> with fire. And yeah. or flame, you know, it, like it... It, it was cool going from the single player experience where it's just myself, like I'm reliant on only my abilities and what I can do to playing with the three, like the three of you guys to see like, you know, I'm placing my turrets down and like you're saying like a flame of weight or a wave of flames comes by from T-Con and then like I see you teleport behind <laughs> these people and like it's just it's a very cool experience. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, there's a skill tree that I'm looking forward to, like unlocking and moving down. Uh, every time you pick up a new gun, and you're just like, "Oh, cool! How does this fit in?" And like, there's mods for the guns and stuff, which we haven't quite gotten yeah. to yet. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like it'll be a real fun game to just like take a night, play for a couple hours, knock out a bunch of missions, goof off, hang out. That's like it doesn't need to be much. It's doing exactly what it needs to do. And it was on Game Pass. So it was like, I didn't have to pay anything for it. And I think that's where it succeeded yeah, the enough. most is like, like I wouldn't have bought this game, but because it's on Game Pass, I'm like, well, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And now I'm glad like, that I did. It's yeah. And I'm looking forward to playing more. Yeah. I, I think from, from someone who's played like almost every single version of this, uh, uh, looter, looter shooter, shooter thing. Um, this, this game gives more uh like freedom to the player than any other game um like the point where i'm at so i've started to get to the point where uh like jeff was saying like there's mods on your um on your gear that modifies uh like your play style a little bit i just got a uh assault rifle a legendary assault rifle that like makes enemies bleed and then also makes lightning shoot out of the sky on them and it's like that's, that's silly dope. and fun but it's so satisfying just like shooting around and just watching random lightning strikes just like kill people um but what the game eventually i like we're literally like four missions probably from this point of the game jeff uh you eventually you get access to like the the customizer guy and anytime you get a mod on a weapon it goes to this guy and you can go in and if like, say you just got a new, like uh, a new headpiece that has uh, a mod for a skill you don't use at all. You can go to this guy and swap that mod out for one, for a skill that you use. So it literally, there's no RNG in like hoping you get, I guess unlocking it. But once you get that skill, the one time you have it for the rest of the game, you can put it on so, any gun. Yeah. It makes the game cool. so much more, better feeling as a player because i don't have to worry about oh i really need uh a skill for my lava wave and all i keep getting are skills for my skill that makes people blow up and i don't want to make people blow up i want to hit them with a lava wave and <laughs> that like that's like what is can be frustrating 
in 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 Destiny, for example, is you kind of might have to grind for, or actually it used to be. They've kind of changed up the formula a little bit. You used to have to grind to get that gear with the right perks that you wanted, and now in this game, it says no, you've already gotten that perk before. Have it, have it back. You can put it on whatever you want, and that's like because this game is just it's just it, a one-time experience, so to speak. Mm. You know, there's no online persistent world to worry about they can make decisions like that and it makes the game feel so much better yeah it's uh, super it's satisfying very nice that way. and like yeah not knowing i won't have to fucking grind to feel competent and that's like one of the main reasons i'm afraid to get into destiny the amount of time i'd have to put in to get to a point where i'd feel comfortable playing with you who have been playing the whole time it's a lot of time whereas i feel like i could come into outriders and, right, right, and yeah. like hop right in have no issues the whole world tier system is really cool it's basically yeah. uh difficulty level and the higher it is the more rewards you get and you can change that at will and you can scale it if like you guys are having trouble you can lower it or if you're playing by yourself and want better rewards you can well, raise it and then like oh wait i made it a little too high lower yeah it down. it's like but drop it down you're yeah. still gonna get more good stuff to make you bet like yeah uh, I'm looking forward to playing it more with you, for sure. Yeah, I I hope we can at least get through the campaign and at least start some of the expeditions because I've heard that's where the game is really its best. Okay. Uh, I think there's I don't know how many there's a lot of tiers of difficulty with the expeditions. I don't know how many expeditions there are like total, but I've seen some like crazy. I've been like watching YouTube videos of people's builds, and it's funny how kind of the shooting aspect of the game kind of goes away in a sense mm. like a lot most of the builds by that point you you basically have unlimited ammo because you probably have some kind of skill that replenishes your bullets as you're shooting them and it's like your bullet like shooting isn't a it's not like the main point of the game uh it's just to like ah, i shoot because i want to it's going to put some status you know it's like hitting someone with a sword in, in, in a normal arpg like it's just your attack it doesn't matter how many bullets you have you you just keep doing it Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Sweet. I'm excited to keep playing it. I I feel like I haven't been this like excited to play a game in a while, and it's it's like a nice feeling. Yeah, it's definitely super fun. Uh, yeah. You and I are both playing on our Series X's. Tegan's playing on his Xbox One. Yeah. Game Pass. None of us had to pay for it. So uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, and now that I'm done with Bravely Default 2, I can hard focus Kotor. So I will have that done by nice. the end of this month for us to to talk about. Uh, and I did get Persona 5 Strikers in the mail. Uh, it arrived. I'm waiting. Allison wants to be there when I start it because she's now also a big Persona fan <laughs> by proxy. Uh, you have to encourage me to play it too because I haven't in a few weeks. I was going to say, it seems like you've really fallen off of it. So uh, I'm sure me it's getting into it, I'll start talking off, to you. It's just... It's just I have I just never want to boot up my PlayStation. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's it for me. I downloaded uh, Oddworld Soulstorm because that was free. Oh yeah, I plan oh, yeah. to do that as well. Yeah, I'll play it. I'll probably play it at least once or twice before next week. So I'll talk about it next week. Uh, but that's it for me. What about you, Derek? Besides Outriders, I've uh, just been playing Bravely Default. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've gotten a little. I'm getting like more into it. So what's the most recent job you got? I just got the the Beastmaster. Oh, okay. So you met Ani Hall? Yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'm still like very... I'm like chapter one. No, that's chapter uh, two. I'm chapter two. <laughs> I was going to say, you're in... Uh, 
Savalon. Savalon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I'm just about to go to what's his Bernard's mansion. I'm like just nice. I just outside his mansion. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, the thief has a move at level eleven called Godspeed Strike. It's probably one of the most broken moves in the game. Uh, there are a lot of workarounds to get away around its MP cost. I'm just oh, throwing geez. that out there. It it can break the game and do insane amounts of damage. Uh, nice. So yeah. All right. Is that it? I All actually forgot. I yeah, beat it. I don't takes think... two. Oh, oh you did. did you beat it? Which, nice. I didn't play oh. any more of it. Uh, yeah. The time. So when we so when we had when we had talked about it last week, I had stopped. Like we stopped our session before essentially viewing a cutscene, and that cutscene was like the last thing. Oh, really? Uh, so, oh. That, so I, so we beat it like last Friday. So, what do you think? Uh, my, I still have the same thoughts on it. It's like it's a really, really fun co-op game. Uh, there's a lot of really cool gameplay stuff, and I really like the uh, almost like um, buffet aspect of it, where you're constantly hopping between various different aesthetics and gameplay styles. Mm. Uh, but I hate the story. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't end in a place that made you feel better about it. No. All right. No, not at all. That's fair. It made me Rip. feel worse. Jesus. Whoops. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's everything. Then let's take a break right now. And then when we come back, we can talk about the Game Sharks top 10 games of the 1980s. 1980s. We will be back. All right, we have returned. Nia is still sitting on that pizza box. And uh, we are going to be discussing the top games of the 80s. Uh, so this this is an aggregate list of uh, myself, Andrew, Derek, Tikon, and Jose. As we said earlier, Adam chose to abstain from giving us uh, a list because he said he didn't play enough games from the 80s. You know, happens. Uh, all right. So we're going to do each decade uh, over the next month. We had already done the the teens back uh, around when we started the podcast uh, because it was the Episode end of a six. Yeah. Uh, but as Andrew Shit, had yeah. said, Andrew had said, he's like, I my list would be nearly entirely different at this point and i've played enough games over the i don't last know about entirely year. different but it would be different it'd, it'd it would be, be a bit significant different. changes i think i mine would also have significant changes and now we have uh tcon and jose to have some influence on it as well so we're going to redo that when we get there but like i said we're going to start at the 80s uh and we'll start at the bottom of the list and go up so the number 10 game of the 1980s according to the game sharks podcast we have duck hunt uh, Duck Hunt got 11 out of 50 points. The maximum points a game could have gotten is 50. Duck Hunt had wow. 11. Uh, all right, so let's talk about Duck Hunt. How do we feel? Um, it was Duck Hunt, fun. Duck Hunt was my personal number 10, so it ended up in that same exact spot. Andrew had it at his number 9. Derek, it was okay. not on your list. Yeah. Duck Hunt was not one I considered to be in my top 10. Tikon had it as his number 3. Oh, and wow, Jose, wow. Jose did not have it on his list. So, 
yeah, duck hunt. Light gun game for the NES. You shoot ducks, and then the dog laughs at you when you miss. Um, <laughs> has a character in Smash Bros. Yeah, uh, I guess I want to preface, preface probably the entire list by saying a lot of these are are mostly nostalgia based because there you know maybe half of my list i haven't played these games in over 10 years uh yes. also disclaimer so... we were all born after the 80s so yeah, correct. uh these are all games we went back and played retrospectively at some point in our lives yeah some i mean i grew up playing some of these games and one of them was the super mario bros duck hunt cartridge for the yeah, nes and i yeah, remember yeah. you know having that not only having that choice there but also the novelty of using the light gun was was really fun i remember um hmm. Uh, and it's just a it's just a really neat implementation of a gimmick, especially in the '80s, given yep. its uh, earliness. Yeah, I had a lot of a lot of fond memories playing Duck Hunt as a kid. Uh, just yeah, the light gun, like it was magic as a kid. Like, how is this yeah. working? How does this know where I'm pointing? Uh, and then you get older and you learn how uh, like it works with infrared and the reflection of the the CRT and how you can't use it on modern TVs. Did you uh, ever see the uh, the like one that's like a projection? It like projects the duck hunt. I want to say that's no. a thing because that's the version I played. Is it like a standalone thing? It wasn't an NES game. I want to say it also. Well, I think it was a standalone, but I think it still had Mario Brothers with it. Oh, what? I, I've got a. This could just be a weird like dream I had. It sounds weird. Um. Adam, do you have anything to say about Duck Hunt? I think kind of with Andrew on that, it's definitely a nostalgia pick. Like it's just you you think like classic Nintendo and that's that's up there. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's a good oh, spot. And it's yeah. in a good spot to be. It's like a super, super old uh like it was a pre it was like the first version of Duck Hunt. Interesting. It's not it's not the same game. Oh, Interesting. Okay. So yeah. it's more of a proof of concept. Yeah, but it was made by Nintendo. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Cool. All right, yeah. Duck Hunt is a pretty standard game. It was the pack-in. You know, everyone had the Duck Hunt Super Mario Bros. cartridge. Right. So yeah. almost everyone has played Duck Hunt in some fashion in their lives. Uh, yeah, very popular game. All right, let's talk about our number nine. Coming in at with 13 points, our number nine is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's um, go. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What did we have here? We had... Get back. Oh, Neil left the pizza box. Ah, uh, streak oh, no, broken. Just... Ninja Turtles was my number eight. Uh, it was Andrew's number seven. It was... Sorry, I have to scroll. It was T-Con's number five and not on Jose or Derek's list. Yeah, I never played the the original for the, the NES. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, it was one of... it's. I think if I were to obtain a working NES, it would be the first game that I play on it. I just have so many fond memories of like trying to get through the first couple levels and not being able to and so i want <laughs> to see if going back to it i would be able to get get past it because i just remember it being like a really fun side-scrolling uh beat-em-up right it was like a beat-em-up yeah um, so it had two aspects to it it had like a like a scott pilgrim beat-em-up style and it also had some uh 
like 2D like actual scribe side scrolling Mario levels to it. Oh yeah, I kind of remember. See, that's the that's the hard part about it too is I barely remember it cuz I haven't played it since I was, you know, like 6 years old. Yeah. Um yeah, this game uh I remember us playing it when we were kids Andrew um, in the uh the trailer in the, camper? In the yeah. yeah, in the backyard. Uh yeah, definitely a super fun classic game for me. I always loved playing as uh Michelangelo. Also was a was a Donnie fan. I like all the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, Adam, Derek, you said you haven't played it. Adam, did you ever play this with us when we were kids? I, I'm pretty sure I must have played it at some point. I do remember playing it once or twice. I can't quite remember when. Mm. But yeah, nothing more to say about it besides it's fun. It's a fun game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, may, maybe going back to it, it might not end up being as fun. As good. That's the, that's, the <laughs> yeah. fun, that's the fun part of it. Nostalgia. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, number eight, coming in with 14 points, we have Galaga. Oh. Galaga was T-Con's number four, and it was Jose's number four. Wow. Damn. Uh, giving it 14 Um, points. Before we continue with that, uh, the NES TMNT has an average of a four out of ten on Open Critic. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Well, There's one bro- person yeah. who gave it a 3.4 out of 5. There you go. Which is pretty good. And that's, as you were saying, I'm sure nostalgia plays a big factor in a lot of the placement right. of these games. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so many games we could the have 80s, Yeah. I mean, like, I was going through every year of these games trying to find, like, figure out which ones I actually have played. Uh, and, the and, like, the first two or three maybe four years it's like before the nes came out there was nothing right so it's like this is still this is essentially the beginning of video games so there's a lot of just bare bones stuff here you know Mm, yeah uh so yeah galaga is our number eight the two people who had it uh in their number four slot are not on this episode (laughs) so uh yeah you played galaga i played galaga it just wasn't on my list yeah (laughs) I'm yeah. I'm a fan of Galaga. I feel like Galaga, it's it's the original, like sh- arcade scrolling yeah. shooter. Did it come yeah. before or after Space Invaders? Because they're basically the same thing, right? After Space, no, Galaga is very different than Space Invaders. Are you sure? Isn't it like the things coming down in waves and you're Galaga just a ship like, that goes back and forth? Is like a what are they called? Uh, Breakout. No, uh, like. The, the shooters where you control the ship and then there's enemies all over the screen. Oh, twin so... St- arcade stick? No. Oh, man. It's twin stick? It's what, like, you consider Cuphead to kind of be. Bullet hell? Bullet hell. It's like the oh. first bullet hell. Okay. But they don't come down in waves? Like... Boop, they, boop. they do, but, like, Space Invaders, you, you're, like, moving a guy on the ground... And like you point to a specific oh, that's right. Point. The Galaga ship can go like up and move around, right? right? The Galaga ship can move around. Yeah, gotcha. the so space invaders. Space invaders is just on a, very, a plane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're very close in concept. Yeah. All right. And honestly, I was thinking about space invaders to begin with too, because they yeah. are that close. I feel like a lot. If you like, you didn't grow up in the '80s playing arcade games, you get these confused pretty easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is probably going to be the roughest of our four episodes. <laughs> probably. I, I would say so for sure. In a lot like of ways. We're yeah. going to be the we least passionate exist. about these games. It's uh, hard for us to defend or uh, or attack them, you know, but. It's uh, less, less of a sampling size or a 
pool to draw from. Yeah, that yeah. too. Uh, all right. Seeing as none of us are the people who put Galaga on our list, I suppose we'll, <laughs> we'll move on here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming in at number seven, Super Mario Bros. with 15 points. Okay. Yep. The, I knew that was going to be on this list somewhere. Uh, yeah. I'm a little surprised with how low it was, but let's see. Um, also, I had Space Invaders on my list and not Galaga. Just close enough. Yeah. Uh, Tcon had Super Mario Bros. as his number one, and Jose had it as his number five. Uh, and okay. then none of us had it. So again, nobody, nobody here had it. On the nobody list. here. But I feel like we could talk about <laughs> it, Super it Mario definitely, Bros. It we definitely deserves talk to be about Super Mario Bros. Yeah, I've played it and I've started it and so many times. Right, like I have the 3DS version or the whatever the. I have it a virtual console, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it is—it's the grandfather of video games. It is the video game, right? Yeah, it is the yeah, it's like, like it's the game that brought video games back from like extinction because there was the yeah, video we game just crash. over the thirty-fifth yeah, yeah. anniversary of this particular game. So yeah, yeah. like it's everything really that's come from mm-hmm. it is just—it started a franchise. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, it propelled Nintendo to being like the number one video game company probably still to this day or like the most well-known there are still people out there who refer to all video games oh you're playing a nintendo yeah yeah (laughs) no i'm not but sure if that's your entry point if that's what you understand you know and like super mario bros at the start of it all uh yeah i i'm i wouldn't be surprised if like 95 percent of the people at least in the united states if not the earth could tell you what Super Mario Bros is and maybe like half of all human beings over the age of I don't know 12 have played Super Mario Bros that might be a yeah. little ambitious fun fact Super Mario Bros is the number one game on G4's 100 top 100 games of all time well, there you go that wow. they heard okay. like 15 years ago or whatever whenever <laughs> a lot of games have come out since then yeah um so yeah Super Mario Bros at least 100 <laughs> They're like arguably maybe the most influential video game of all time. Arguably. It's like definitely a top three contender for like most impactful, most important video games of all time. Uh, all I right. would say that Super Mario Brothers is the single most important video game of all time. Considering without yeah. it, there wouldn't be other important video games. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's see. Number six. Pac-Man. Okay. With, with 19 points. Derek had Pac-Man as his number four game. One, two, three, yeah. four. No, it was your number five game. One, five two, games. three. Yeah, that was your number five. Uh, let's see. Andrew had Pac-Man as his number six. Yeah, for the record, Pac-Man would have been relatively high up on my five. And had, they had, had Pac-Man as his number three. All right, Andrew, Derek, you both had Pac-Man. A pretty middle to high on your list what what was your reasoning i'm gonna unplug this light i feel like pac-man is like a pretty classic uh like old game uh it like it's i don't know i i played it like a ton as a kid um because uh like this restaurant my family used to go to had a uh old pac-man arcade table so like whenever we would go there my my sister and i would like go play pac-man on on the table and 
it was definitely my first exposure ever to that like old classic arcade style where like you played and there were like more levels than the first level but you just you had to keep winning and i want to say i got to like the third nap or whatever they call them in in back then i I, I think they call screen yeah the screen or whatever um but i don't know it's it's simple but yet slightly challenging it's just pure fun yeah, I, it's, I don't. It's a, a classic example of an arcade game that just holds up. Like yeah. you could play Pac-Man today and have just as much fun as you could have in the '80s, right? And it's like the fact that forty years later it holds up so well, right? Is, I, is insane. The fact that they're making a Pac-Man '99 yeah, tells that me too, that right? like, this game, the, the gameplay is so simple and tr- like that you can turn it into this battle royale. <laughs> Fuckfest, whatever yeah. it is, like it's very cool. Battle Royale Fuckfest is a good band name. <laughs> yeah, I, write I think they're down. yeah. Arcade uh, arcade games are just a prime example of things that never get old, right? I mean, with with exceptions, but Pac-Man I mean, is by design, arcade games are meant for you to like put play in a quarter and play another one. You know, yeah. right? They're, they're always yeah, round based. Like, oh, I can do that better. I can get a higher score. And, like, the 80s to early 90s was, like, the golden age of arcade games. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what was the thing I just said? Battle Royale Fuck Battle Fest. Royale <laughs> yeah. Fuck Fest. Battle Royale. You heard it here first, folks. Fuck Fest. I have a pretty incredible list of, uh, of amazing band names going. Nice. Uh, I'll read them to you tomorrow, Derek. They're pretty great. Um... I want to say I was very surprised you guys, none of you put Miss Pac-Man. Everyone just put traditional Pac-Man. And See, I'm pretty sure like it's widely regarded that Ms. Pac-Man is the superior game. I considered it, but I've never played Miss Pac-Man, and I'm uninformed on this particular instance. So I felt like like if I had if I had any knowledge whatsoever, I would have put Miss Pac-Man on it ahead of that. Gotcha. Um, but just because I know so little, I figured I would just give it to the one I know. All right, cool. No one wants to say anything else about Pac-Man. No, I mean most of like Pac-Man's kind of self-explainable. I think. Yeah. No self-explanatory. All right, moving on to number five. Then our number five game of the '80s, according to the Game Sharks, is Metroid. Yeah, of course nice. there it is. Uh, Metroid got 21 Metroid. points. It was my number five. It was Derek's number three. Uh, not on Andrew's list. Tcon's number six. And uh, Jose's number eight. So the rest of these you're going to start seeing on a lot of people's lists. It makes sense. The higher they go, the more they had to show up. Mm-hmm. So talk about Metroid. I think the yeah, most important thing is we it's its name is used in one of the most popular genres of today. Yeah, like how can like, you not put it on the list cuz it's literally one of the two games that started that type of game. Yeah, and like yeah, the open world or like exploration uh progression based on unlocking new items and re-exploring the the existing location that you've been in is like such uh, an incredible format that has been refined and perfected like all the way up till today. And like, we talk about games like hollow Knight and Ori and the will of the wisps as some of our favorite games ever. And they all stemmed from Metroid. 
Uh, yeah, there's this one game in the 80s that did something so cool and you, at the time unique that, holy crap, we've got to do more of this. Like, Honestly, it 100% deserves to be on that list. Hmm. Yeah, I my first exposure to, and I wanted to put it on this list, but I realized it's a, a couple, a year or two too uh, late, was my first exposure to Metroid was Metroid 2. Um, oh, is that a 90s game? Yeah, yep. 91. So ah, I, yeah, yeah, I would have I would have put Metroid 2 on my top 10 if it was an 80s game. There there are a couple games on my list that my exposure to them was from when I got my first uh Game Boy and uh they like most of them were all either launch titles for the the Game Boy or whatever. But mm. um eventually when I got you know you you play these games as a kid and then you learn about them and you learn oh there was one before that uh, I think I had the like Game Boy Advanced re- like re-release of Metroid One. Metroid Zero Mission. No, did, did oh, they come just... out? Was did they come out with a NES Classic? I'm trying to remember when the I first time so. I played the first, and it was either on Game Boy Advanced or Metroid was... Classic NES series for the Game Boy Advanced. Yeah. Uh, and like it was like reliving my my younger childhood as even still when I was a child because I was like oh my god I remember playing this series when I was a kid and yeah it's just uh, I've never I don't think I've ever fully beaten the original Metroid but uh, it's I've definitely played it a couple times in like the the Switch Online NES library just trying to like see if I can can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've never played the original Metroid. No? no, I haven't gotten around to it either. Hmm. I don't say. I don't know if it's something I haven't gotten around to because I definitely don't plan on it. Well, no, that's the thing. Like it is never. By like never got around to. It. I mean, like it never popped up on my radar of. Oh, I have an opportunity to play it, so let's play it. Yeah. Is it on NES Classic? The yeah. Don't... NES Online. Oh, maybe. well, in that case, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's, we could. It's, it's real quick. It's not a super long game. Uh, and save states go a long way for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's defined uh, an entire genre of games, or at least a half of a genre. Yeah. Uh, spoiler: Castlevania is not on this list, and I'm I'm a little sad at all of you. But well, I've never played the original, original Castlevania. Yeah, the original Castlevanias yeah. aren't what spawned the the vania side of that genre, That's true, right? That, but it's a top notch side scroller. Yeah. All right. Our number four, also getting 21 points, but beating out Metroid because it was placed higher on more lists. We have Mega Man 2. At four? Criminals. That's what I'm saying. Andrew and I both had Mega Man 2 as the number our number two games. It was very close to being my number one game. Uh, it was also very close to being my number one game. Uh, uh, Jose had it as his eighth game. Not on Tcon's list, not on Derek's list. Derek, defend yourself. Why isn't Mega Man 2 on your <laughs> list? I've never played Mega Man. Any of them? Any of them. You son of a All bitch. All right. One of these days, we have to get together and like force each other to play all of these classic games. <laughs> I could sit down and play uh, Mega Man 1 and 2 in a single sitting. I've got those yeah. games down pretty pat. Uh, yeah, Mega Man 2 is incredible. Uh, it's one of the best soundtracks ever yeah i've never played Mega Man. yeah it's really fun uh yeah the whole premise of you start the game there's just a a screen with all these bosses you can go to any one of the levels and fight them and then 
It's like a puzzle of figuring out what boss's weapon is bet like strong against other bosses. Uh, and yeah. all of the levels are super well designed. A lot of yeah, like Andrew said, very classic, well designed soundtracks in each mm. of the levels. Yeah, the boss powers themselves are all really unique and like well utilized. You fight you an know? alien at the end. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. You spent all this time like fighting these robots, and then at the very end, the final boss is an alien who's weak against bubbles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mega Man Two is incredible. Uh, yeah, and uh, you need to play it for sure. Yeah. Okay, number three with thirty-four points. So Mega Man Two was twenty-one points. This next one, wow, is, this is a huge. This next one, so, so, the, next, so the next three are pretty but... unanimous. Yeah, uh, this one, 34 points. Number three, The Legend of Zelda. Nice. Legend of Zelda was was my number three. It was Derek's number two. It was Andrew's number three. It was T-Con. It was not on T-Con's list. And it was Jose's number two. So, yeah, The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Doesn't even not even what has to be said there. It's Legend yeah, of Zelda. It's, it's, Ze- it's Zelda. Like yeah, uh, another game from the '80s that spawned into a now going 35 is, years strong. This, yeah, this yeah. is the the birth of the of like the action adventure genre in a way. You know, yeah. it's it's a different. I think there's there's games nowadays that lean towards pure adventure games, and I think Zelda is one of those. There's I think the the term action adventure much more focuses on the action. Uh, but mm. you know, it's all about the exploration. This is like the epitome of like just finding secrets everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the the just amount of creativity in that world is is was pretty breathtaking for its time. You know, the first game to implement save states or save or save files mm-hmm. um, is just such a good time. I to this day have never beaten the original Zelda. I've gotten pretty close. Yeah, I think I've I, gotten five at some point. Four or five dungeons I've beaten. I've never beaten it. Yeah, I think I, I did. I've done one. Seven. So you about, fought that like dragon thing. Yeah, that's about all I've gotten. Um, yeah, and it's cool to see even today, like Breath of the Wild. Its number one inspiration was the original Legend of Zelda. They went back to that idea of like, what if you right. just we just throw people in this world and they can go anywhere and look at anything and interact with any part of it. And like, you might go somewhere that's not so great for you in your current state. Uh, it like the fact that breath of the wild is the reimagining of the original, the legend of Zelda is so cool. Mm-hmm. And it just shows it's a testament to like how well designed the original legend of Zelda is that they can like refresh it in such a way in 2017 and it still be, it's considered one of the greatest games of all time now. Yeah. Yeah. Legend of Zelda. Let's There's so many there's so many memes too that have sprung from it. Even like before they were memes, there were probably just things that people said is like it's dangerous to go alone. Take mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. uh, I still say that. It's now a secret to like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Jeff handed me some beef jerky the other day. He was like, It's dangerous to go alone, take this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. Also, I'm making beef jerky for the tournament this weekend. It's nice. marinating right now. Always be jerking. <laughs> Always be jerking. <laughs> no. No. Uh, all right. Our number two game. Please, no. This one actually also had 34 points, but again, it was higher on more people's lists, so it, uh, it ranked higher on the aggregate list. Tetris. 
Wow. Yeah, I expected to be number one. So, yeah, Tetris was my number one. If Matt Ferrara was on this podcast, it would would have been number one. Tetris was my number one. It was Derek's number four. It was Andrew's number four. It was fucking T-Con. Not on T-Con's list. T-Con. Priorities. And and it was Jose's number one. So I want to see T-Con's T-Con's whole list. I'm going to read through it. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't even care about number one anymore. Show me T-Con's list. Because it was uh, mine and Jose's number one, it it overtook the Zelda, who was no one's number one. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Tetris, man. Tetris is fucking insanely great. I was playing Tetris right before this podcast started like tetris effect last year like blew my mind tetris 99 is one of like the most fun multiplayer experiences i've had in years uh it's just like it's fucking amazing that they take the most simple puzzle game you have these like combination of blocks that are all made up of four blocks and Ooh. all of the, it's just making them fit and like and like people have created metaphors for life based on tetris you know the whole idea of like you can't choose what blocks you're given but you can you can only choose where they're like placed and how you make them fit in your life and shit like that. Like Tetris is a way of life. It it like I don't know. And even as a video game, it has such a high skill ceiling too. Yeah, which is pretty nuts. You know, Jeff, we, I believe you were you showed Matt, and then by extension showed me that clip of like the most recent Tetris World Championships, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like. There's still people, and they play know, on the NES version. Still, they're playing yeah. this version yeah. of the game competitively. Still, is that like the oldest esport? Probably. Yeah, it's like it's like Pac-Man. It's just another arcade game that that just holds up. Or yeah. was it ever an arcade game, or did it release only on Game Boy? And no, NES? I think it was right? a it NES, NES first, and then yeah, it was on the Game Boy later. Yeah, um, well, it's still. I mean, arcade kind of fits the the vibe of this whole thing. Yeah. But. I, I love Tetris. I still play Tetris to this day. Like I was saying, I played. I was playing right before we started the podcast. Uh, it's like the eternal perfect puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I taught my uh, my five year old niece how to play Tetris. Well, she was was she five? She just turned five. She would have been four when I was teaching her. Uh, like I was teaching her how to play Tetris. And she's just like, I was watching a four-year-old fall in love with Tetris. And it just like <laughs> made me so happy in my heart. It's something so satisfying about getting those those little Tetranominos. Tetraminos? Tetraminos. Tetraminos. You say the darndest things. NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Uh so yeah, I like how I like how Derek tried to make an example of the stupid things he says, but he actually said the correct. <laughs> he said it, he right. said it right. <laughs> uh, why was it number four for both of you? I'm just curious. I I love Tetris. Don't get me wrong; it's definitely one of the greatest video games ever made. But so are the top three on my list. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't. Good. I couldn't in any world put it above the love I have for those three games. Yeah, I that I think the same thing. Like I had a tough time ordering my my kind of top four top three like i knew my number one but the following after i think any of those games could have kind of fallen in in that top you know these those three places mm. well no matter how high up you moved tetris uh you said your number both of your number ones were locks uh and both of your number ones is our number one jumping up to yeah. 42 points out of 50 and being eight higher than tetris in the legend of zelda super mario bros 3 yeah, there was okay. yeah. there was yeah. never a world where I don't have Mario Bros. Three as <laughs> yeah 
as uh, number one. It, it's, it was, in con- it's in contention for the greatest video game of all time. It's my number four, Derek's number one, Andrew's number one, Tikon's number two, and Jose's number five. So it's on everybody's when we talked about when you brought up like top games of the 80s this was just the first game that popped in my mind yeah which i was surprised to see it was 89 in japan uh and i'm i'm like i was surprised that you all knew that uh because it was on i googled it to make sure yeah because i I saw you sent me your list before i had made mine i was like oh shit i could have swore that was a 90s game and sure enough it was it was released in the states in the 90s but it was released in japan in the 80s well, uh, the way I made my list is I went to Wikipedia and I said video games released in 1980, and then I looked at all of the games, wrote down the ones that I was considering, and then went year by year. So I didn't even question it. It was just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yep, on the it's list." It's on there. Yeah, I was I was wrestling between this and Mega Man 2 for a little bit, but I just can't not put it at number one. It's mm. it's just amazing it takes like we were saying about mario bros one and how good of a platformer it is how much of an influence it was mario bros 3 is just an an infinitely better version of that yeah um which i was talking to you about this earlier today jeff is in that uh, the reason i don't have uh mario bros one and Mega Man one on my list which they otherwise would be uh is because the Mega Man 2 and mario bros 3 are just the same games essentially but better Mm. um and i feel weird about about putting iterative sequels like that on the same list together yeah like but if we're being objective like purely purely objective about it mario bros is probably on this list yeah i mean at least at least on my personal list tegan's number one was super mario bros and his number two was super mario bros three yeah so so like he he was the only one that did that i almost put them both on but yeah, and if we're being honest, if we're making we're making lists like these, these are all just based on personal opinions. So some of us might put sequels on the same list, some won't. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like a thing I wrestle with all the time when I'm making lists like this. But the same way, it's not to say that Mario Bros. Three still isn't fucking incredible. That yeah. game, similarly to uh, the first one, I've started that game twenty, thirty times. I think only one time I got past like the the second world. <laughs> Uh, having beat uh, Super Mario Brothers three last last year, I think right. I think it was like during the beginning of the pandemic when I remember or, you you were playing it with Kayla. Yeah, we played through the the whole thing. Because um, it's it's kind of a co op game. You, in I a mean, way, it's it's like a pass and play thing where yeah. you die as Mario and then your co op partner plays as Luigi. Yeah, we we just ba- basically it was like. She would play until uh, she decided she couldn't beat the level, and then and then I would play, <laughs> and then maybe we'd beat the level, maybe we didn't. Uh, but yeah, I had never played it before, um, and had only like my exposure to Mario was I had played a little bit of Super Mario. I had Super Mario Land, which was on my list uh, for the Game Boy, and I had played Super Mario Brothers Two Advanced. <laughs> The so, Lost Doki Levels Doki or Doki Doki Panic? No, yeah, the Doki Doki Panic one, but the one that came out for Game Boy Advance. So that yeah. was like my exposure to the 2D platformer Mario. So um, playing playing this for the first time, I was like, holy shit, like this is the base for like basically every Mario platformer, 2D platformer that came out since uh, since then. 
Mm. And like, if you you look back on it, like how much has really changed besides like maybe adding a power up or two? Like the game is still the same. Yeah, the overall structure uh, really has not deviated that much. Yeah, like the complexity of the levels, like you can't say like there are hard levels in the new Mario like 2D platformer, the 2D Land stuff like that, or 3D Land, not 3D Land, New Super Mario Brothers. That's what it's called. But like some of the levels in in Super Mario Brothers 3 are like hard, but they're still beatable. They're yeah. still like when you get that profi- that precision timing down, which you should have by the time you're at like Bowser's Castle in the last world, uh it it's like super satisfying to to finish. Um so yeah, I really really enjoyed being able to play that game for like the first time and also beating it. Yeah, uh, and may- maybe even more so than the first one, there's a lot in this game that's just iconic. Yeah. Like yeah. The, ra- the raccoon suit, a yeah, lot whistle. of the music. Frog suit. Yeah, the warp whistle, the frog suit too, uh, um, all of the Koopalings. Yeah, the Koopalings. There's uh, a lot. It's Andrew, great. I want you to write this down. I want all of us to, at some point, there's no time frame for this, I want us all to play Super Mario Bros. 3 start to finish. And Super Mario Bros. World start to finish. And we're going to do an episode. Super Mario World? Like the, yeah. the Super Nintendo one? Yeah. And we're going to have a debate. I've never played it. We're going to have a debate. On which is better? What is better? Super Mario Bros. 3 and Super Mario World. This I like. I hear a lot of people talk about this. I've never <sighs> played either of them to completion. I've played a little bit more of World than I have of 3, which isn't a ton. Uh, but I want to play through both of them in their entirety. And so we can have that discussion and figure it out for what? ourselves. Would you ever put Yoshi Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, in that conversation? I've never heard people talk about it in that <sighs> conversation. Because I would say it's the best 2D Mario game. I think okay, but it's a Yoshi game. Consider it a 2D Mario game. I think it's, it, a, you... it's a Yoshi game. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're an outlier on that one. I don't think <laughs> most people are with you on that. No, I think pe- people agree that it's one of the best like 2D platformers, but they don't consider it a Mario game. They say it's its own thing. It's a Yoshi game. Yeah, it's yeah. a Yoshi game. Well, I'll have to try that one too. But for the the means of that conversation, we'll have to do that. Maybe I'll do like a level a day for a little bit. Um, all right, that's our whole list. Let me quickly run down what everyone's lists were. So, uh, here we go. Jose's list. He had Tetris number one, Legend of Zelda two, Pac Man, Galaga, Super Mario Bros three, Super Mario Bros, Donkey Kong, which didn't show up at all. Mega Man 2, Metroid, and Contra. I think he had most on his list, the most that were actually in the top 10. Uh, he just had Contra and Donkey Kong. That Jose didn't is the best of us. Jose <laughs> is the best. Uh, T-Con's list. Super Mario Bros. Number one. Super Mario, Mario Bros. 3. Duck Hunt. Galaga. TMNT. Metroid. Pretty normal up until that point. He's got Excite Bike, Rally X, Ninja Gaiden, and Spy mm-hmm. Hunter. All right. I've following. never heard of Spy Hunter, but other than that, that's solid. You've uh, never heard of Spy Hunter? Yeah, I don't the know. The 2001 movie with Vin Diesel? <laughs> I believe we're talking about the 1980s, Derek, so we haven't gotten there yet. Talk to uh, me in two episodes. Uh, All right. Andrew's list. Super Mario Bros. 3 is his number one. Mega Man 2. The Legend of Zelda. Tetris. Minesweeper, which mad respect, I didn't even consider that. You're damn right, Minesweeper is a fucking top 1080s game. Minesweeper, Minesweeper is so good. Might have been on my list if I had thought to add it. 
That's what um, I'm saying, man. That you got to do the process. It, like it takes a little bit, maybe like a, a half hour to an hour max. But see, like you just go through each de- each year. Be like, have I played this? Yes. See, I thought I was thorough, but apparently I wasn't thorough enough because uh, it just didn't pop up in any of the lists I looked at. Uh, Pac-Man was your number six. TMNT, another Excite bike, Duck Hunt, and then Rogue. Yeah. Which uh, I and think so. Never actually played Rogue. But I figured there was a lot of uh, that was the one where I was like, if I had played this, it would be on this list. It mm-hmm. is the like many others, the birthplace of the roguelike genre, because other games are like rogue. <laughs> then we have Derek's list: Super Mario Bros. Three at the top, Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Tetris, Pac Man, nineteen forty two, Sim City, Alleyway, Super Mario Land, and Sin Star. I think Derek's is the one that varies the most from what the actual list is after you get to his number six and down we don't see any of those on the list uh anything on your list you wanted to talk about briefly derek uh i just want to throw out sinistar a lot of people don't know about sinistar you wrote sinstar did i write sinistar it's sinistar okay it's the greatest pun of all time (laughs) uh you are a spaceship flying around a... I think it's what the first open-world game, actually. Um, the empty space, and while you destroy things, the enemy, the Sinistar, slowly gets built, and then at the end, he starts chasing you around, and it's like... I've played it... I played the actual arcade version of this game, and it's... Uh, while also great, it's very comical to hear, like, the garbled voice acting of this person saying like i am sinistar <laughs> chasing you around <laughs> i've heard that line before for t- sure tiny screen oh it's it's pretty great but uh it's i think it's very well it was well known in the arcade community for its difficulty it was a very difficult game uh i've never i've gotten close to like beating it but i've never quite beat the sinistar but uh if you go to that um arcade bar in providence they have it oh my oh, god they do? Free play? yeah I'm already oh, yeah, back there yeah. post pandemic. So I just Googled Sinistar uh, with two N's, which is a mistake because all of those links were porn. <laughs> 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 nah. Uh. Um, Why gonna... did you Google it, Jeff? Why? Are we going to take it off of my word for it? I have to. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't You're say gonna... any of those words. <laughs> Uh, edit. Wow. What was the time code? One fifty-five. <laughs> edit. Never mind. We're getting banned from Twitch. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get ripped out. We'll start uh, streaming on YouTube. Uh, Sinistar arcade game. It's it's spelled with one N. Thank you for. Yeah. Oh yeah, I recognize this this door, whatever thing with the skull. Yeah. Um. All right. And my list, I had Tetris at number one, Mega Man 2, Legend of Zelda, Mario Bros. 3, Metroid, Castlevania, Space Invaders, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Missile Command, and Duck Hunt. I think Missile Command is like one of like the early like huge arcade games, and I was always a big fan of that. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. That's all of our lists. Uh, top games of the 80s if you want to hear one more time according to the Game Sharks number one Super Mario Bros. 3 
Number two, Tetris. Number three, The Legend of Zelda. Number four, Mega Man 2. Number five, Metroid. Number six, Pac-Man. Number seven, Super Mario Bros. Number eight, Galaga. Number nine, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And number 10, Duck Hunt. All right. Oh. How- what? Uh, sorry, I'm... So, apparently, there are a couple League of Legends skins that reference Sinistar. Which ones? Uh, Darkstar Thresh will say the classic line, Beware I Live. And uh, Final Boss Vigar will say, I Hunger, which are two oh. quotes from, from Sinistar. I didn't That's really, I, I've heard both of those things. I have yeah. both of those skins. Oh, uh, sure. yeah. It's kind of off topic, but I also know that if you leave Skarner in a bush for too long, he <laughs> says his name like a Pokemon. Yeah, he does a Pokemon. He's like, Skarner, Skarner, Skarner. It's really great. <laughs> There's a lot of neat references in League of Legends. Hmm. The, there's a, a a King Ramis skin that just makes him look like Bowser. He is just yeah. Bowser, yeah. <laughs> and uh, la- last one, so we can actually finish this damn podcast, is that Super Galaxy Rumble is is entirely ripped from Gurren Lagan, which is my favorite anime of all time. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up with some '80s video game trivia. There we go. I was waiting for it. All right. Um, so. We have Andrew, we have Adam, and we have Derek. All right. You guys know the rules. Let's get into this. Anyone in Twitch chat, feel free to try to answer these questions as well. Twitch chat. Okay. There's someone. Shout out to someone. All right. Question number one. What is the top selling game console of the 1980s? Mm, what is the number one selling video game console from the 1980s? Derek, we're going to have you go first. Uh, I believe it was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Adam? Yeah, that was my guess, too, the NES. Andrew? Quick question. Are the NES and the Famicom different? Nope. Okay, NES. It was the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, I didn't say handheld because actually it would have been the Game Boy. Uh, no, but we went. That, with, yeah, if it said handheld, I got a guess. Game Boy. Yeah, Game Boy. I think outsold the the NES. All right, question number in like, two. In like the two years that it was in the eighties. Speaking of yeah. the Game Boy, name one of the five launch games for the Game Boy. <sighs> yeah, Ooh. the Game Boy one launched with five games. All you have to do is name me one. Bonus points if you can name all five. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Yeah, okay. Derek. Yeah, what happens if you TV. name all of them, or like some of them, more than one? Anything? Or is it, it only it, one or five? It's one or five. Okay. Uh, I got nothing then. All right. I mean, I have something, just not all five of them. We're going to have Adam go first. Oh, thanks. Um, going to guess a fire emblem of some sort. I, I don't know if I'm way too early on that. Andrew. Uh, Super Mario Land uh, the and the Six Golden Coins, whatever it's called. Derek? I'll go with Tetris just to be safe, because I you, couldn't think of the fifth. Do you want to give it a shot for the fifth? <sighs> I can't fifth, think of the fifth game. Well, That's give me, my problem. I want, well, okay, so Andrew and, Der- uh, and Derek get points. Yeah, I know Land. I was way off base. Uh, so, yeah. I have Alleyway, Metroid, Super Mario Land, Tetris, and there's one more, and I can't remember. 
what it was. So Metroid was not one of them. Metroid wasn't a launch? Okay. Nope. So you had Alleyway correct, you had Tetris and Super Mario Land correct, and the other two were Baseball and Tennis. Baseball and Tennis. Oh. Ah. You, you always forget the early video games were just the, what they were. Baseball yeah. and Tennis. Yeah. They were sports. I was going through the list, and there was a lot of games that share names with modern games, too, which is pretty funny. Mm. I can't remember any examples. All right, question number three. Who is the woman that Jumpman is trying to save in the arcade game Donkey Kong? I like that one. Thank you. Who is, what is the name of the woman? Name a woman. <laughs> For one dollar. Um, Any woman? <laughs> Adam, you look a little confused, so we're going to have uh, you go first on this one, buddy. Uh, what is Paul, the name are, you of the woman? are you confused I, by name yeah. a woman? Well, so, yes, there's that. What'd you say? I'm gonna, Pauline? I have to find Derek's, that her name. I'm pretty sure it's Pauline, but I put Priscilla because I couldn't think of it before Adam said it. <laughs> Andrew? It's Pauline. It is, in fact, Pauline. Yeah. Uh, most notably famous for uh, her guest appearance in uh, Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, I just thought you were going to say Odyssey. I, that's, yeah, that's that's the joke. She's had a very major role in Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, I didn't get that it was a joke. My B. Uh, all right, Andrew has three. Adam and Derek both have two. Question number four. I might have asked this before. Uh, name the four ghosts from Pac-Man. Oh. Uh, one point for each one you get. What? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, a lot of points on the line here. Name the four ghosts from Pac-Man. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Derek, you're going to go first here, bud. Uh, I've got Blinky, Dot, Sparky, and Mac. <laughs> okay. okay. Adam? I did have Blinky and Dot. I don't know the other two. You got to uh, guess? Let's go with Jeff and Andrew. <laughs> All right, Andrew. I'm going for Brownie Pops. I don't know. Jeff, are we named after Pac-Man ghosts? <laughs> Andrew, how many of the Pac-Man ghosts can you name? All of them. Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde. Yeah, Clyde. Oh, that was the, the non-rhyming one. Uh, mm-hmm. So Adam and Derek both get a point for Blinky, okay. but Andrew gets four points. <laughs> I think Andrew's winning. Uh, he's gonna break the record for the most points scored in a in a, a Game Sharks trivia. Question number five: What was the first home console released in the 1980s? I can give you a hint if you want it. Uh, so you've asked us the first video game home console of all time. Yes, it is not that. It's different. <laughs> this is different. This is the first ga- console to be released in the the decade of the 80s. Okay. In this question, are the Famicom and NES different things? Yes. Okay. Uh, not that it's going to matter, because Andrew has seven points, and Adam yeah. and Derek have three. We, we cannot win. Uh, Derek? Uh, I put the Atari 7200. Adam? I was going to guess Atari as well. Andrew? I said Famicom, even though I'm pretty sure that's wrong. The answer is uh, the Mattel Intellivision. Uh, The first game. It was released in 1980. Uh, Congratulations on winning, Andrew. Uh, Tiebreaker for fun. How many pellets are on a Pac-Man board? 47. Hey, Derek. Uh, 
You're going to split the difference? 72. Wrong. 240. Oh, wow. Is that many? A I was going to say dots. 256 originally. But... A lot Damn, does not... of I mean, dots. That kind of makes sense, right? It's like 8-bit. Yeah. Or is it 16-bit? No, 200 is 8-bit. No. How many pixels can you fit on the screen? Fair enough. Um, all right. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. Be sure to check out the Inner Gamer podcast at theinnergamer.net. You can listen to the episode that Andrew and I were on talking about the best side quests in video games. Shout out to Austin and Brett for having us on there. We had a very good time. Go check them out and support them. Uh, you can find our website, thegamesharks.com, where there are links to the podcast. You can find all our reviews that we put up. I'm going to be starting to work on my Bravely Default 2 review now that I finished it. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> what it was called. Uh, you can find our new YouTube channel on there. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers so that I can update the URL to be something other than uh, youtube.com slash UXV397, you know. Uh <laughs> So that's our goal. We'll see if we can get there. Uh, what else do we got? You can find our Instagram on the website. You can also just find it at Game Sharks Podcast. We stream live. Our episodes go up on Twitch. You can find our Twitch at Game Sharks Podcast. We go live uh, usually a little bit before 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, depending on how late Derek is that day, you may catch me playing Tetris <laughs> or, some, or something else. Today he was he was like just about right on time, so we got right into the recording of the episode. But yeah, if you want to watch us live, check us out on Twitch, uh, Game Sharks Podcast, and you can give us a follow there to see whenever we go live. But I do believe, gentlemen, with that, we are fin. Mm-hmm.